So welcome to Soulful 7. We are shooting on location at Buttermoon Farm. This is a rarity that all of my sisters, and if you did not know, I'm the oldest of six girls. So I am blessed to have five sisters. Um, I would say it's an embarrassment of riches that I do have built in five dear friends and a support system that is truly remarkable and um, one of the best things going in my life. So I'm thrilled that all of them are here and I'm gonna introduce you to each one. And I'm gonna start, I'm gonna go down the line so that you see, obviously I'm the old, I'm the old lady in the group and then I'll go down to the baby, which is this one, fancy. But I'm gonna start with Mahaley. So Mahaley is number two and I would say she epitomizes in my book, um, like the ideal mom. She is this tremendous, yeah, you are. You're just this really selfless, <laughs> wonderful, committed mom to four children. What you're gonna see is that we all have lots of kids. Um, my mom had, we have 23 grandchildren, is that right? 24 grandchildren, because Mayor Carlisle just had the final baby in the family. Um, but Mahaley is funny, and um, I think we see the world very similarly when it comes to parenting. We're the only ones that really have teenagers, and so, um, yeah, so Mahaley's number two. Then we have MC, which her name is Mary Carlisle, and um, I think the most important thing I can say about Mary Carlisle is that probably two of the most profound things that have happened in my life, which would be September 11th in New York City, and um, Charlie having cancer, Mary Carlisle was right there by my side. Um, she even, you know, she and Harrison both um, gave blood and plasma for Charlie when he was going through treatment. She passed out and she did it, all for the love of me and Charlie. Um, but Mir Carla has just moved, thankfully, from New York City. She's been living there for what, 18 years? 20 years. 20 years in New York City. Um, she has four children and she has just moved to Nashville and, um, and has a new baby. And I think MC and I probably um, see the world in the sense of like what our joys are and nature and being healthy and all those things are like really close. And then next is Belle. And what can I say about Belle except that I named my first daughter after her. So I think that speaks volumes. Um, Belle, I think we'd all agree, is the picture of kindness and um, generosity. And she's also like one of the most can-do people I know. Um, most of the sisters call her when we have one advice or where do we get this or how do we do this, we call Belle. And um, I see a lot of the same similar similarities in my daughter, Belle, this just um, gentle footprint in the world. And so that is Belle. And then there's Harrison, who is like, <laughs> she is like CEO, rock star, smart, witty. Um, char she led this like amazing fundraiser at WNL when she was just a college student and she got like the president and her entire like college campus to run for Charlie to raise money for cancer. Um, I mean, we would all say she's the comedy, Absolutely. comedic relief in our family and she keeps it real 
and she's the one that sends us all like funny text and mm-hmm. you know just she just keeps it real any alert that's going on in the world yeah she <laughs> keeps know. us like very much abreast and since i'm not watching any news whatsoever or reading anything that's in the news she kind of keeps me on tap for that <laughs> so that's harry and then ramsey which is our roo <laughs> She's the baby. I said at my, um, I said at her wedding that I felt like I raised her because I was like second mom. But Ramsey is like <laughs> the Giselle of our family. <laughs> Whoa. No. I mean, come on. True. She has got like style that, that, you know, is crazy. And I mean, she should be working for Anna Wintour in New York City. Wow. That's where she should be. Goals. Um, but again, she is, um, like that calm, non-anxious presence in the group of sisters. So this is, these are my people. And I I think now being over 40, um, the appreciation for what my parents have blessed us with, which is each other, feels very poignant. And, um, you know, it's, it's different than just having a friend because with a sister, we come from the same fabric and same parents and um, growing up in this household, which when I wrote my essay um, to get into Swanee, I said it was like growing up in Grand Central Station. Our house was always full of energy. It was loud. There was always lots going on, lots of personalities. And it was just, it was really an exceptional childhood, I would say. And I think it is very unique that, that there are six of us and that we really genuinely like each other and rely on each other and like i've said before have shown up for one another in in times of crisis and also in times of joy so i want to start with us just talking about what it was like to grow up in our household you know like can you tell me like a memory that you just really speaks to what it was like to be one of the white girls the white sisters um, a lot of family time. Like our parents, right. yeah. our parents, it wasn't, you know, it was our parents, kudos to them. And you would say that we've built this really sense of our little, our little um, community with each other. And we, we did a lot together. We did do a lot A lot together. of family time. Together. Yeah. And mom and dad were always, like, we were first. Yeah. And, like, it seemed like when we were growing up, like, the most important thing was, and the most fun thing was that we were all together. Mm-hmm. Like, mom and dad were always there, and that was our touchstone, but we were always, you know, the six of us. Well, I can remember mom saying, well, you don't need to invite friends over because you already have them right here. <laughs> Absolutely. Built no in. Plates, no sleepovers. No sleepovers or latest. You already have your mom sisters. Mom didn't want another kid in the house. I like, sure I had six bodies to put to bed. And, yeah. That we were and just, we were just, I mean, we loved each other. We definitely had some quarrels in there. I mean, who doesn't, but it's always the six of us. The six of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, and I think that, um, you know, we ate dinner at night together. Always yeah. a family dinner. Yeah. Kind of yeah. laughing that Mary Carl's first comment is about food. And then I know, food is. Food is. I said that when I was interviewing dad, that I, I, I mean, dad has ingrained in us that yes. like food is the most important that's where thing. We, that's where dad, we, I think we all kind of come together. Right. Around the, the table. table. 
at breakfast we're already know what lunch is but what are we doing for dinner and then tomorrow morning what do y'all think about breakfast I mean it's always two steps ahead I do as well I mean actually I survived COVID because I already had that mentality (laughs) oh I can just pack up the refrigerator for three weeks because like Monday through Friday I'm going to cook this and this so well it's funny because when we were planning because this is Labor Day weekend and we've come actually to celebrate my mom and dad who both turned 70 over the last six months we were supposed to do a fun trip but it's so rare that we are we have come home to Buttermoon Farm without children. It's just yes. us. We all feel like kids again. I mean, it's just amazing. Dad's cooking us dinner, and yes. Mom's getting the breakfast, and we're having coffees, and it's just so much fun. Just us. Just the kids. The six of us. I mean, there's I mean, not a crazy. husband in sight. I don't know where they've all disappeared. It's I just know. the six of us again. It's the best. It is the best. It is. Well, can you also talk? I think growing up, too, I mean, y'all, our parents... It was all about also, we all kind of rallied behind each one of us in whatever our passions were, right? Mm -hmm. So the three little sisters, three younger ones did horseback riding, the three older ones did tennis. And, you know, my best, fondest memory, because, you know, I was one of the tennis players, is, you know, probably you and you in diapers at the Spartanburg, the high school courts, and we're out there, and someone's dad's mom's feeding balls, and these little guys are running around their diapers picking up the yeah, balls. Yeah, I was your little ball girl. You I, still mean, was, I know. I mean, I still owe y'all, y'all for that. Totally <laughs> I don't remember you at the ball. I got to go to Wimbledon and I mean, in the U.S. Ocean because of your Carl's tennis, so I'm not complaining. <laughs> you know, life is so, it's, you know, people always ask me about the five sisters in our family, and I'm just like, it is just this, this, you know, you're jumping off the diving board and you know that this pool is full of this love that we all give each other. And there's never this anxiety about, um, you know, hard decisions. Cause I know I'm like, okay, this decision, this is geared towards Harrison. I'm going to call Harrison. This decision, this is geared towards Belle. I'll call Belle. This is geared towards mom. But I've got six, my five sisters and my mom. Oh, yeah. She <laughs> didn't ask us. That's okay. okay. I'm getting to y'all. I'm you know, you know what I'm saying? Each sister, each sister I'm, I did it because of basically she's sitting here right here. Because y'all know you all are on my pocket dial. If, if I don't go a whole day without speaking to a mom and at least two or three of you people, then my day's not fulfilled. And you know yeah, that. I'm totally on the And so I you. think that. You know, growing up, like you say, what's it like in this family? It just always felt that way. It always felt like this nourishing, just just this engine that oh, that um, kept me going. You know, and it still keeps me going. And I think, you know, with your with Char- the Charlie thing, you know, it really rocked our family. It wasn't just you. I mean, I think we all suffered and we all threw ourselves into it. And I think, you know, knock on wood, that you know we haven't had you know, any other big crisis like that in our family, but it, when even little things that happen, I mean, we just rush in. I mean, and that's powerful. It is powerful. I mean, as a 42-year-old woman and, you know, with my kids, I mean, that's what I'm telling my kids every day is, you know, Aunt Belle, Aunt Ramsey, Haley, Farrell, Harrison, these are my go-tos. So I want you to look at your siblings and I want them to be your go-tos. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think mom and dad just just put that in us day and day and day of just, I don't know how you did it, how mom did it, but just this sense of um, relying on each other. I think that because there were so many of us that mom couldn't do it by herself because I constantly think to myself with my four children, okay, I have four, she had six, this is overwhelming, why is it like this? And I think, you know what, it's because all of us knew that we, it was a lot and we, 
helped each other. Mm-hmm. We had a lot more responsibility put on us. But at different times, um, we recognize when it's you know our time to step up and help like, each other. Kind of like all the times I signed your papers, <laughs> your test papers, <laughs> your test papers, and your test papers. <laughs> yeah, and I, Red I, oh my gosh, I, this is so funny because this is exactly what's happening in my house right now. I'm like Charlie, can you do this? Like he's the parent, or yeah. Belle, can you do the? Can you do? Yeah, I was, exactly. I was, I was having Haley it's sign the papers. Works. I didn't want mom to see them. Oh yeah, and then <laughs> I just would have moments where like you know mom's not gonna take me to get my hair cut but Haley will you cut my hair and she's on the phone and bam cut my hair and I'm like sideways like dang that's okay I'll put a headband on or I'll throw a hat no big deal but, yeah I think the I was really good at signing mom's name me too I got better at it because you, would you graduated high school <laughs> I think though that something that you've said about is very true so so we it was ingrained in us that it is like you know, one for all, all for one. So we know, like, we're going to show up, whether it's, you know, go blood or showing up for anything. We know we're all going to show interview. up for one another. Or this interview. Yeah. <laughs> Many of my sisters that are like, oh, my gosh. Yes. I can't believe you're asking me to do this. <laughs> you're making your national debut. I mean, next is going to be Netflix. I'm telling you. Yeah. Come on, Ramsey. We will edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> no, but for real, like, I think that and this is across the board probably for big families, but one of the things that mom and dad really was important to them was fostering us a sense of independence. Like all six of us are can-do women. Mm -hmm. Like we don't need anyone to, you know, do do for us. We Hold can do hand. for we no. We can stand on our own two feet in the world. And we used to laugh because Dad would make us go get the wood for the fire, and you know, on Sundays he'd give us all our jobs. No, you know, he was working us on Sundays, <laughs> like all the chores. Of course, Mahaley always got the easiest chores because she's she was you know favorite. favorite. <laughs> um, I used to look like him. No, <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, but for real, the independence and it goes is exactly the opposite of what's going on in today's parenting probably and we all suffer from this of like where do we fit because it's this whole helicoptering parenting style right mm-hmm. and our parents you know my friends always ask me how did your mom raise six girls that are, you know do did the what right did she thing? say the lazy parent is the, the best parent mom is I think that's smart too I'm really good at that <laughs> I say that too. that I is my that motto oh, I love it but you're not supposed to feel bad when your kid is saying you know, will you come do this with me? And you're over there cooking. And you're supposed to say, oh, you go do it. And come mm-hmm. show me the end the end product. Because mom was not sitting there, and I love mom, but she wasn't sitting there hand-holding hand and painting with us. She yeah. did write a couple of papers. A lot of papers. Yeah, I think she wrote I a lot of papers. Maybe so. I think she did do one. She did the most amazing science project, and I can't remember who it was for. Barrels, the photosynthesis. The photosynthesis with all the lights, and, and she built the wooden box oh, with different amazing. lights. I got a D. Oh, I got to step up my game then. Because I, I haven't been building science projects. Well, I don't think I read a lot of the high school books because mom helped me with the papers. She'd already read them with Barrels. She had already read them. Well, mom is the only. I did have a she English teacher that. in 11th grade say, you know, your sisters and you write so much alike. <laughs> I just love myself. Mom has written this really now. Good. This is her fourth time. But well, let's be honest. That's Jane the only thing she helicopter because she's really good at it. Yeah. 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 Mom, she's, you should have been a writer because she's just flat out is just the best writer. I think one of the other things is so, like, integral to our family is fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it stems from dad. I mean, dad is this larger than life. Like last night we were having dinner and he just held court 
for like two hours telling us stories, some of which were inappropriate and wickedly funny. But he is just super funny and he has kind of set the tone of, you I'm know, definitely. work hard, play hard. Yeah. You know, like he, yeah. he loves to laugh. And sense I think we all love to laugh. We all yeah. like that sense of humor. And um, well, I'm just curious, like if you could look back over our childhood, what is something that you, whether it's a memory or it's a way, a parenting style, or I don't know, like a truth that you are definitely passing on to your children? I think teamwork is what was instilled in us as we keep talking about the six of us. And so I'm trying to instill that into my children that y'all come before anybody else outside this household for number one, and you rely on each other. So I'm trying to, even though my daughter doesn't have a sister, she has two little brothers, I'm trying to still have that rapport that we have. Yeah, that we're a team. You're we're not a alone. team, that you're not you're alone. alone. I think, you know, people say I was so lonely in COVID, and I think, back to myself, I feel almost sorry that, you know, I don't, I didn't feel lonely. I never yeah. feel lonely, um, because I know that all of y'all are a phone call away, and if I can't get one, I'll call another, and a few of you, if I keep calling, you'll pick up. <laughs> you like Ramsey at 6.30 in the morning, I accidentally called her. I know, you worry. I didn't mean so. to. I hit John, I meant to hit John, I hit you, sorry. I know, I think I'm above <laughs> on the favorite list. I'm not the one. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. But, um, anyway, this sense of like Ramsey said, I tell my children all the time the same thing because I think it's the best thing mom and dad did for us is one, they instilled this sense of, yes, I can. I can do this. One step at a time and you'll make your way. Never get overwhelmed if you put one foot in front of the other. Give 110%. Give 110%. And then know that you're going to fall. And I also instill that in my children too. It's, it's not the fall. It's the what do you do to get up. Mm-hmm. The resilience. The resilience, and I try to instill that in them, because I, and I want, and I, a lot of times, you know, sometimes you don't think you can get up, or you don't think you can do it, or you're lost on the decision, and y'all are all a phone call away, and if you haven't been through it, you know someone who has, or you can make you laugh at and say, you're being ridiculous, mm-hmm. and it's, you can be yourself in the most vulnerable way with your sisters in a way you can't with, or I found you're not with anyone else. You're your true self because you've seen it all. You grew up in the same house together. You've, you just know, we know each other so intimately that I have no problem, you know, calling you in total tears about and recognizing you're like, that's the silliest thing I've ever heard. Why are you upset about that? Why are you upset about that? Or, you know, whatever it is. And it's so comforting. And so it's so nice to never feel alone. Yeah, I think it's the bluntness too that we all seem to deliver pretty well. <laughs> yeah, we shoot straight. Yeah, yeah. we shoot straight. There's a, There's a quick no... path to forgiveness, and we appreciate the honesty. Maybe not in the moment, but at least you know you got an honest response. And by the it's way, true. who 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 is that in our family? It is Dad. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Dad, you call him, and he's like, he is so blunt, honest with you that it almost hurts at some point. <laughs> yeah. But then he'll call you, even if he says something you think that might have offended you, he'll call you the next day. And he's like. Did I offend you? You know I love you though, right? <laughs> you know, so he, it's that it's just that unapology, um, um, just sense of honesty too with with each other. But I like that because it made me also choose friends more wisely because I only want friends around me that are honest with me, and there's like a trust there, and which to me breeds a sincere friendship. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm the only one that lives in Atlanta, kind of without family. 
And so that's um, been a different experience for me since we were in New York together for so long and she was only a block away. And then we were in law school together and she was only a couple streets away. So it's just been a different thing where I've had to rely more on friendships as opposed to just my sisters. And um, I think that having y'all has set me up to find people that I, I like, I can see right now, like some of my best friends in Atlanta, I'm like, oh, you remind me so much of Belle, or you remind me so much of Mahaley. And I'm, it's almost like I'm, I just am Comfort. seeking people like y'all constantly. And I don't know if they exist, but I'm at least seeing that and it's a comfort and I love that. And it's a testament to how I feel about you guys and also how, what a deep void it is in my life to not have y'all around physically as much. Well, I, David's trying to get you to come to Nashville, honey. He's trying, come on, he wants to hire you. Yeah, we see you at houses. Yes, I know, full time. <laughs> Full time here, Sydney. He wants you. Okay, guys. So, um, what would mom always say, and what would dad always say? Power to the mom. Power to mom. the mom. This too shall pass. Um, <laughs> patience is about you. Have compassion for yourself. Compassion yeah. for yourself. Another and window will consider open. the two drink rule. Two drink rule. Stay in the middle of the path. Oh yeah. Well, the simple oh, and narrow right. path is what Mom always said. Yes. You know, it's you like know don't forget. Live your life on the simple and nature. Oh, don't forget where you came from. I, don't embarrass me, and I won't embarrass you. That's what I always say. I didn't fall off in a, a catastrophe. And Dad, don't say. Dad always said this to me. I don't know if he said it. Don't jump from one lily pad to the next. Or Harrison, that boy only wants one thing. at the door get out there and do it and then come home and we can cry about it later yeah yeah <laughs> right. it's funny too that dad has files on all of us at his office where he i mean like from year one of our birth all the way through who's his biggest who does who's his biggest so like he has things. stuff like i was having to um i think it was getting the new driver's license in nashville i'm like where do i get my birth certificate and i need to get my wedding license like, I don't know how to get my marriage license. And so I just thought, you know what? I'm going to call dad and just see. Sure enough, birth certificate and marriage license he had stored really? in my file. Yes. I think he has that stuff on me. Oh, I think he does, Harry. You'd be surprised. You know how organized dad is. I think so, he knows a lot more about all of us than we know. <laughs> well, no, I think he, I think that's the thing, too, is, and why probably our family works so well, is mom and dad were really into the details about our lives. Like, they yeah. Dad knows the nitty gritty. Oh, I tell dad you know? just as much as I tell y'all. And actually, I probably have told dad all my darker secrets than I've even left to y'all. Because dad oh, has Lord. a way of making everything feel like, okay, well. It's all right. It's all right. Can, it's out there. We can get through this. Okay, well, on that, on that note, okay, so we're living in, you know, kind of uncharted territory in the world that we live in right now with COVID, with um, the civil rights movement. I mean, just a lot of stuff's going on right now. We know how unpredictable life is. We know how change is basically our reality. Mayor Carlisle's really feeling it right now, moving from New York City. Um, and life is sometimes really hard. I mean, each one of us has had some struggles and disappointments and, you know, some heartbreaks. How would y'all say you manage living in the world we are in today with change with heartbreaks um and keep making your way through it i have a funny husband 
sense of yeah. humor. I think yeah. the sense of humor. And Your husband is so funny. that it's, you know, the, the sun always comes up tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And um, I think laughter goes a long way. I think the message that mom always says is staying on the path, the straight and narrow path. We all just, you know, do what we're supposed to do, have faith, love, always have kindness, don't have hate in your heart, and instill that with people around you, with your kids, and why not move with change that way? I think just um, live in that moment of struggling, right? You know, It's like, so hard to do. Yeah, but know? you can't, I think that someone always, I have a really great friend who's, you know, who's given me great advice in terms of, you know, don't don't try to fix it right then, mm-hmm. right? If you are going through change and it is challenging, you know, don't try to be like this perfect person and say, okay, I've ha- I can handle it. I can handle everything. Just go and go in and have a little time out to yourself and say, you know what? For the next like two weeks, I'm going to be unsettled and I'm going to live in that moment. And then you see that it actually after two, three weeks that you kind of come out of it. That it's- well, and also talking about it, like we we. Especially yeah, you. Yeah, where I'm a talker. We have to, like, <laughs> it's like we have to work it out in conversation. I didn't say the dot, dot, dot. Over and over again. all five of y'all with that problem, if that change. And I've gotten all your opinions and are they different? Opinions. I know. Are they different opinions, or are we all kind of on the same page? Uh, well, this is interesting. <laughs> so interesting. You know, I, you're very all different. Really? Your responses. Yeah. I think that's why you know who to call when you know yeah. the certain when you want issues, some people you some know some of you have to like in a beautiful way, some of you just cut me off. <laughs> um, some of you commiserate with me and I really appreciate it. You actually start crying with me if I'm struggling. Some of you bring laughter to it. It's all you're all different. In a in in a great way. I know which one personality it is. And I know what I kind of want to hear. So, yeah, I know which one I'm dialing. That's the kind of thing. Yeah, you do get that choice on the front end. What do I really want to hear? You know, if I want, you know, who am I calling for what? Because you already know kind of what you're going to get. You can already anticipate everybody's responses. Yeah. There's a lot of negativity in the world right now and a lot of meanness. And we're trying to raise our children because all of us are cap, cup half full. Mm-hmm. spirits like we're all wanting to go for the positive and and um we want to believe that things can be better and we we constantly are trying to look for the goodness all of us are so how are we doing that right now like how are you still going for you know the tv the all the stuff it, it really comes across as being pretty mean and aggressive um, we shut it down. We I know. Don't we don't watch, watch any of it anymore. I look at my kids' face. I mean, I, they, my kids, the beauty of COVID for us has been we're all playing together more. I mean, mm-hmm. we're having, you know, fam- much more family, like, tennis and soccer and just our little families doing it together. And we never would. I mean, Brennan works from home. I'm working with my new job from home. <laughs> And it's just been, and the kids are at home, it's with school, and it's just been really fun. I mean, it's been fun. I think mm-hmm. that's been it. Like, we've decided as a family to have our own fun and kind of shut out the outside world. Mm-hmm. And on a, eventually that's going to catch up to us and we need to sort of get out of our house. But we, it has been a really good six months for 
And I I'm not I'm not saying that it's not as a country it has been a very sad six months. But the only way we've been able to cope is to take pleasure in the little things like a card game after dinner, just the five of us, mm -hmm. or watching Heartland on Netflix about horses and living on a ranch. Going back to like the simple things. I mean, you read all the blogs out there, and everybody's saying that you know COVID has life changed, especially for me leaving New York City. I mean, it's just been, you know, woo, I just went 10 miles per hour back down to one. Mm -hmm. And um, and life goes slower. You age better. You have less stress. I think time is something that I, all of y'all know, I'm not good at time management. I'm usually late, 15 minutes. Um, We're all late. I'm We're all late. late. Is there anyone here that's always on time? There's always a 15 minute. I don't know. Yeah. Pretty yeah. Time late. Late. Grace period, all of yeah. us are kind of yeah. late. Whereas dad is never late. I know. Yeah. No, that was mom. Mom's late. Anyway, um, I think that COVID, if anything, it was, it gave me... It um, still is, by the way. I know, we're still in it. We're still in it. But I guess I was thinking back to when we were really in really it. Really in it. And everybody working from home and school at home. And t it gave me grace to be like, you know what? I'm not going to feel bad that I'm rushing. I'm not going to rush around anymore and feel bad when I'm 15 minutes late. Because usually... It's because I'm giving more to somebody or something than I have time to do, but I want to do it, so I do it, and I stretch myself, so then it just kind of catapults you. Got it. But I think that, you know, all of us have realized time is precious, and precious. Um, relationships are precious, and you realize what you value because you're not spending so fast that you're not taking in what you value. Sometimes I think life has gotten so fast that you're just – in the roller coaster and you're hanging on and you think you're having fun and you are having fun but you're it's it's just coming too quick mm -hmm. like i kind of like a slower roller coaster not like the one racing maybe go on at dollywood <laughs> well i, <laughs> I think i'd say i've taken the word essential like the essential workers were the only ones that could go out the healthcare workers were the only ones that could go out when covid really started hitting and we we're all home I've added that word into my kids' lives and my life. Like, only do what's essential for us. I like that. I love yeah. that, Rue. Like the essentials. That. The essentials. Yeah, I think that's Family true. Time. Just, I think everyone, this whole experience is we're all coming off of we want time. And then when we, when we weren't together, we were like, oh, my God, all we want to do is go to Buttermilk Farm, but we can't. Like, when you can't have something is when you mm -hmm. miss it and yearn for it. Mm -hmm. And go. so the essentials is I've done it with my kids' activities to, like, travel to work i'm kind of wanting to start all over clear the table and line up things that were important to me is what the covid of it yeah. i love yeah. that i mean that's yeah. worthwhile exercise for all of us to do like yeah really like, write down what are the essentials because i know i was like, like marie kondo yeah the, tidying up yeah. yeah if it doesn't if it doesn't spark joy toss it yeah yeah, yeah. okay so we're going to move into spiritual guys so, okay. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, what are some absolute truths that anchor you in this topsy turvy world? God is good, and there's a higher purpose. All you have to do is watch that awesome documentary, The Greatest Little Farm. Is that what's called? Oh, we love that the one. I heard a piece on that. The Greatest, Greatest Little, little Farm. farm. You gotta little watch farm. it. If you just watch that, and, and yes. you're in like, after you've come off like a news cycle or something, like, God had, there is a higher order. And when we inter interject our human kind of activity into that, we create our own chaos. But like that movie was just so powerful mm -hmm. because there is a higher order, there is a higher plan. And I'm rooted in knowing that in order to cope with what does not seem like it could possibly be God's plan. Right. 
Oh, oh that's a beautiful. Love. I, love I think that. it's just the love. Like focus on the relationships that Belle was saying that, you know, that how do you, you can't, you can't put a, a word to love, the way, what we feel for each other, what we feel for our kids. And what, um, so I think that God is in all of those relationships that we have that you. Yeah, like if you distill it down to love given and receive, that should be all in enough, right? Yeah, like if yeah, you have that and you're giving it and you're, and you're receiving it. Um, you had said earlier this idea of quick forgiveness. Yes, I and I think that, that is a big one. Yeah, area. and honestly, thank that that was such a blessing from our parents because, and I, you know, I think mom and dad demonstrated that a lot, and it it you know seeped into us, and you know because if you if you're as blunt as our family, you have to also be willing to, willing to be to let stuff roll off your shoulders or appreciate what that person really intended by that. Right. Um, yeah. Which is, you know, at the base, we all love each other. We want the best for each other. But we're going to be honest, that dress does not look good on you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, Harry, you cracked me up. Okay, that's also good. I also think the power of prayer, right? Mm -hmm. You you know, when we went through with Charlie, I mean, all the people that sent you prayers, mm -hmm. I mean, they're it's powerful. powerful. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if someone tells me that someone's going through a hard time, then I say it in my prayers at night. And I think there's a connection there. And, yeah. you know, my babysitter in New York, I mean, she was the most spiritual person I know. And she was powerful. And my third baby, Harrison, you all all know, like, I struggled to get that child here. And um, her name was Sharon, my babysitter. And she would anoint my belly with mm -hmm. olive oil and ate daily with prayers. And I'm telling you, that got this child here healthy for me. I know mm -hmm. it did these prayers every single day and I just you know I will you know always have gratitude for sharing um, but I just think prayer is really powerful and I also think it's so interesting how when things happen like Charlie's cancer I mean, it was such a formative year in my, I, mean, I was only 20 years old and doing a summer internship in New York or no I wasn't I was I, anyway I was somewhere in that age frame and now at, at every different walk of life I've encountered somebody close to me who's experiencing a cancer to somebody that they love and it's not that I, I don't feel prepared but I definitely feel like somehow watching you and David and mom and dad and the Masons everybody go through that I do it, it, it makes me run to them and want to support them and see the things like remember that woman that just left your laundry outside of your door in New York. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just those little things. Or somebody dropped off like mm -hmm. your favorite Ben and Jerry's ice cream. Like those little moments. How about all of, of just... my 20s friends that they they gathered together and they raised money to pay for your mm -hmm. housekeeper. Yeah. Remember I mean, that? just oh, these gosh, little things no, that people that. did. I'm starting to worry about my memory, y'all. <laughs> really? Oh, my gosh. Please, Taylor, help me. All my friends, like, we were 20, I was 23 or 24. I mean, you can imagine in New York City, these 23, 24-year-olds. But... They came together and raised like $5,000 to pay for, because when he was going through chemo, you had to have your oh, house. the special cleaning. The special yeah. cleaning, oh, and right. they helped pay for see, that. I remember. And you're right, the Jewish family that cleaned our laundry. And just left it there for you. Just little acts yeah. of kindness is what I learned from that experience. Mm -hmm. And and how much, like, I know you say you don't remember in the moment, I'd, I only remember them because you talked about them, right? Because mm -hmm. I wasn't there to receive the laundry. Mm -hmm. But it was just such a, an amazing thing to feel brave enough when people are going through horrible times to do little acts of kindness because you get mm -hmm. so kind of worried, what do I do, what do I say? And then going back to your experience, it's, it's empowered me to feel more 
capable of doing little acts of kindness and not feeling, mm -hmm. you know. It's a spiritual connection weird too, about right? it. Well, well, I would say spirituality. It's a, you know, you do something for someone and you just it, pay it forward. You just mm -hmm. feel pay it. it you just feel like you Because you know you're going to, I've used the analogy of passing the baton, like in a, in a relay race, and that one moment you're carrying the baton and the next minute you're, you're going to pass it to someone else. And it's so true, like the sense of, you know, being a mediator or ambassador of hope and doing these little acts of kindness. And we really have learned that yeah. in the things that we've gone through. And I think that we we all do that in We're our own lives, and just right? asking someone, how are you doing today? Mm -hmm. You know, I stopped by one of the local guys in Landrum, the store, and he just, you could tell, I mean, he was just, he took a, t a moment to just wanting to engage with me. Mm -hmm. Engage with a human being. It could be a, you don't know the person. Mm -hmm. But just so that they actually feel this sense of, you know, of being noticed in this world. Yeah, um, and I know that loneliness thing we're talking about COVID. There are a lot of people that are lonely. Are very yeah, lonely right now. Lonely. We're lucky. We are beyond blessed to have each other. Yeah. And I think that um, we could, we all need to do better. The world needs to do better of just making sure that. Caring about others. Caring about others. That's the spirituality. That's what God wants you to do. Mm -hmm. It is hard to be human. And even on the best days, you know, you feel your vulnerability and your fragility, and we all need encouragers. So we need to be encouraged, and we need to, you know, encourage. Okay, so I wanted to know, like, how, when do you feel especially close to God? Or where do you encounter God most profoundly in your life? I do. I'll tell you exactly, because I think about it every time I'm in this spot. And... Um, the minute I hit the May River, uh, there's a cut that I go on. It's on the Bull Creek, and the minute I hit the mouth of Bull Creek, it's wide open. This is on the coast of South Carolina. This is on the coast of South Carolina. Mm -hmm. It's wide open. God's beauty everywhere. It is nothing around me. And I think, okay, as bad as the world can be, you know that God is around. And mm -hmm. you know that that has to be because there is so much just a magical feeling I get when I hit that water. I think water is a very healing thing anyway. I love water. Um, at night, I take a bath after my kids go to bed, and it's not necessarily because I've been exercising because I'm the least likely to exercise out of the six. I'm right there with you. Okay, well, I'm going to throw you under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> but um, water is so healing, so being on the water by yourself, you just kind of know there's something bigger than you out there and there's something out there that cares so much to create so much beauty mm -hmm. and peace you know I think that there's some great peace in nature and more than in a church though I love your church and I will cry when they play the guitar and sing gospel songs in your church and I never understand why but immediately it makes me cry but um that's where I feel closest mm -hmm. is in nature because I think somebody who loves us created this right and I feel it um, when I'm with all my children and Clay, like my immediate little family, and we're all together. We went to the beach last year, and there something happened to the beach house, and we didn't have it. So we got down there because my husband, we're not big planners. <laughs> and so when we got there, we were never registered for the beach house. So we had to stay. No place to stay. We had no place to stay. So we ended up staying in one room at the sanctuary all six of us, two beds, in one room. And there was something about that moment of having 
all my little people so close mm-hmm. together is when I feel it because mm-hmm. I love them so much. God is love. And I feel like when we're all together as one, and it would be the same if I'm with y'all, like right now, mm-hmm. I have that feeling of being the closest to God. It's like the I'm sanctity of life. And... People that I adore and that God gave to me. And it's just, I get that feeling um, my closest at home is around people. I mean, I think it's similar to fill with water. I think just being lost on a hike, whether I'm with a sister or I'm by myself, and you know, occasionally I lay my head on the pillow at night and I go straight to sleep. So, oops, that night I forgot to say my prayers. Mm-hmm. That's happening a lot to me. Yeah. So, um, I usually get a hike in almost every day. If not, it's I'm like a little off that day. But just talking to myself, where maybe I'm not really talking to myself, I'm having a conversation with God and having that alone time and the peace and the birds and just nature of just no interruption. I even leave my cell phone in the car, which is terrible because what if a kid needs me? I'm like, I just need that hour by myself. Surely someone else will get to them. But it's just that moment of honestly not even needing to say anything and just listening. It's the quiet. It's the quiet. It's still quiet. I think it's, um, I mean, I have it a lot of times, right? But last (laughs) night, listening to dad, so happy and laughing, telling these funny stories. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking around the table and, you know, not all of y'all were there, but it does you know, I'm looking at sisters, I'm looking at my mom, and we're all so joyful. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was giggling. Like, I was, I was years like, old I just night. was like, the whole, just, I'm like, this is, this is God, this is what God wanted, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm so blessed. And I, I think uh, that's one of them. And then the other, we all would say this is childbirth. I mean, like, when they put that baby on your belly that yeah, you've just nice. given birth and is precious thing mm-hmm. like god i mean the birth of a child is truly a miracle and then you're like what do i do with it <laughs> oh, and then they turn 17 or 18 yeah. and you're like oh my goodness yeah yeah, yeah. hopefully they'll come back and love you like we love our parents <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but uh listening to to a wonderful church music also brings me to yeah, music. Yeah. I mean, my church in new york i mean the guy the, the woman is just it Music, music, I guess you would say, music. Yeah, like music God created someone who could do something so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, oh, I love Marcus Hume, which I texted you a picture of. It came up on my um, series radio, and you never responded. But oh, really? Marcus, yeah, I remember at Bell's Baptism, he came. Oh, he played in the church. It, yes, yes, but on this one, he was singing his own song that um, is it Zach Brown Band sings, God Bless the Broken Road. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, he was singing it. And it just, Such I mean, I love Doug Brown, Brown Band, but when he sang it, it's just so powerful. So powerful. In a different way. And I, I, that sticks out with me with the very magical moment with Bell's baptism at your house and him singing mm-hmm. that. Forget mm-hmm. you were there. Was so She's going to say, of course I was there. I know. Well, when it's too, like, I, when you lose someone and you still feel their energy in a way, or you feel like, I don't know, like there's sometimes, and it's, it hasn't really per se happened to me, but with Brennan's brother, like, I do feel like there's like, in the last year, I've kind of been like, whoa, like the butterflies around our house this year have been so incredible. And they're there, they're there right now. Even this morning when Brennan and I were in the back looking at our dead trees, figure out what to do, there are all these butterflies. And I just felt like, golly, like this is, ne- this is the first time this has mm-hmm. happened. I think. There's something very um, calming, soothing, spiritual 
and comforting and feeling like those that have gone ahead of us are are not they're still they're watching still connected. out for yeah. us and there's still that feeling of hey you know Sweet. thanks for that moment mm-hmm. today thanks for reminding us thanks for letting us talk to you there we have really as a family focused on since losing friend's brother on looking for him and still trying to talk to him mm-hmm. because our kid he was so important to our children he was important to all of us and i think that the last year i didn't really you know you experience loss your, your grandparents or and friends or, or what have you but it when it's somebody you know that you share your christmases with your easters with and it's your family your direct family mm-hmm. you don't you miss them so you've got to find a new relationship with them and that's I'm borrowing from Brendan's other brother, Charles, like he's in the process of finding a new relationship with William. And I think that's so beautiful and so spiritual and it makes me, all things are working for the greater good and, and let's keep talking, mm-hmm. you know? Well, I think I, lo- I love that idea, Harrison, of that maybe the veil that separates like heaven and earth yeah. is really thinner than we think. Cause yeah. I know what you're talking about where you, where you have that, you know, like you can get physical goosebumps yeah. where you're like, oh my gosh, like I, I feel something that is not just the material world right now. I'm feeling something, and it's like when you have a baby and they lay that baby on your chest, it's like something transcendent happens, which is really important, I think, to the spiritual life, is still having those things. In this day and age, you know, we're so quick to, to, to have to, to not retain information for very long, right? Mm-hmm. There's so much at us, there's so much content, there's so much to look about and see, do, and Instagrams and pictures. and you you really you really need to get back to to your memories mm-hmm. and less just constantly flooding your memories with all the other stuff and i think that that's the be constantly remembering that's why this conversation is going to be so important to all of us for years and years to come because we're talking about the memories that we hold so dear and i think keeping those alive you know the worst thing i can ever think about is someone you know on the end of their life with Alzheimer's not having those that to comfort memory. them mm-hmm. because the memories are what comfort you yeah well you've said it the best Farrell where you said you need to make you create because you're right you don't remember a lot of and you you need to create those few wow moments that you mm-hmm. can remember for this you do this with your kids to try to say you know something that's just so out there that they'll always remember you know they, to, yeah whatever you whatever that is um, but just to help, um, you know, to, to make an impactful um, memory for that kid or for you and carry it. And carry it, yeah. yeah. Well, I know, it's like you mentioned the new China thing. I mean, when we were growing up, like every Friday night, the eight of us would eat at New China restaurant in Spartanburg, South Carolina. We would get egg rolls. We would get Chinese French fries. Sweet sour chicken. Sweet sour chicken. I mean, it was like the worst food for me. Like I would get the worst migraine headache from the MSG. And now we realize that that's probably why I got the migraine headaches. That's but the memory. Still, I, I love it. We had it. The he still brings it. Did you? Yeah, oh God. Not, yeah, no, no. I, I, I love, I love Chinese food. I love Chinese food. And I love, you know, the fortune cookies and all that stuff but that memory I mean that is like 
such a friends. profound memory of Still us remember. together. Oh, yeah, like my high school friends would laugh because they were like, Haley can't go out until she gets to Nichana. <laughs> <laughs> so my friends would be waiting yeah, in the parking lot of Nichana in high school. Did so, you have the love of movies, y'all? Like, oh, oh, my God. God. I mean, mom took us to every movie, including rated R. I mean, I we would just line up with all our remember She took us to the Sean Connery one, which was probably rated R, and she saw some of her friends. And, we and she had, just ducked. And then we all left. We all left. We like snuck out because we weren't supposed to be there. Oh my god! But it has like we. It's we all love movies. Let's be honest. I love that. Mom loved a movie, yeah, and we loved a movie. Yeah, it's a way to escape and be find a hero in a story. I love to rewatch old movies. Redemption. Redemption. Yeah, always want redemption. redemption. It depends on the moment. Like if I need a laugh, I always go to um, Adam Sandler movies. Oh, Adam Sandler. So, Do you know y'all that I? This at Christmas time, I met Adam Sandler. No. It was almost like, <laughs> I mean, I kind of accosted him. I was walking out of, we were in California, and I was walking out of a store, and I saw him putting the coins in the um, yeah. meter. And I, I literally looked at him, I was like, are you Adam Sandler? Oh gosh, you did that. And he was like, <laughs> I am Adam Sandler. And I was like, do you know how much? We love you and my family. I mean, you make us laugh do <laughs> anything. We and I even said my brother-in-law, like he kind of looks like you. Like we love it. And then my daughter, who's you know sixteen, was like, "Oh my gosh!" Stop. And he's like, you, "You know, he said he was like, it's great to see you. I hope you have a nice day." He was oh, really nice. I love like, it. But Adam Sandler, that was a good celebrity sighting. That's a good one. That's a good one. So the spiritual life. Like I think that the spiritual life is important to each one of us. And I'm just curious, like, if you could give to everyone that's listening something that you do other than nature. I mean, is there like an author you read or a podcast or a ritual or something that you do that, you know, kind of like, I don't know, expands your spiritual life or makes you feel at peace or has in some way like increased your intelligence about God or. I, uh, I have a text group with three girls called Corona Shmona <laughs> and I think we all really it's a it, they remind me to pray in the morning or they'll send me prayer you know we all just sort of are, are filling in the gaps in our day in terms of we need to pray for this person or do this and I've loved it and it's helped me because I, I do try to do a division and all that but this is more like immediate and mm -hmm. then and um, I love that Corona Shimona. Like yeah, it started like spring break, right when Corona yeah. hit, and we were all like, "Oh no, do we fly home back to Atlanta, or do we stay where we are and drive?" You know, and then it just has evolved into us. It's almost like that book, the number one ladies detective agency. Really yeah, that. Pat McCall or something McCall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like we're now, we you know we can't. It's a it's a support group, I guess. It's and you hold each other accountable. And we hold each other accountable, mm -hmm. and I love it, and I look forward to it, and I trust it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have to say kudos to you. Your spiritual podcasts are pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. the, the, the people you bring on, I mean, your sweet friend. Is he? I mean, you know, you oh, you just yeah, anytime yeah. you're in a lull, or you're feeling sorry for yourself, or you're feeling a little lost with God. I mean, you just listen to a few of those podcasts. They're amazing. Yeah, mm -hmm. she. I felt like she had God speaking through her mm -hmm. in that interview. For sure, she was, was beautifully a light. Yeah. Beautiful are there any books that are like other than the Bible? Well, you or know, a... I don't read very much, <laughs> but I did because I have three teenagers and then a ten-year-old. So right now, I'm reading things about like how to help 
raise teenagers, but not necessarily, you know, self-help books. But I read this book the other week called Chop Wood, Carry Water, and you'll all laugh probably. But it was the best book because my older kids are now at the point of what is their next chapter? Mm-hmm. Or what's going to happen with sports? Am I going to play Division One golf? Am I not? Um, what does it look like? And so, so what does chop water, carry water so mean? So chop water, I mean, chop wood, chop carry water. Wood, carry water took me one hour. So you know it was short. <laughs> it did not take long to read. Maybe two hours. We're going to get to books in a minute because the rest of us like thrive on books. I know. I'm sorry. Every time I put my head on the pillow, I read the same page and I fall asleep. So yeah. I'm just not a huge reader. But I read this book and it was about focusing on the journey and loving the journey and not paying attention to the outcome. Because you know, my kids are all, you know, I wonder what's gonna happen. I mean, where am I gonna end up? What What's the plan? And so I read this and I had all my older kids read it because it just keeps talking about the journey of life. And if you love the journey and you're enjoying the journey, it doesn't really matter what the outcome is. That's yeah, so true. It's a fullness of life yeah. and present. That's kind of what I told you this morning and see about like, you know, to each is a season, right? Mm-hmm. Like this idea of just being the season that you were in and not looking too far forward and certainly not looking back. Yeah. Right. I have Ned Morris, who is um, our minister in Spartanburg at um, Church of the Advent. Uh, he um, did a sermon on that exact thing. And basically his thing was the gift is not the outcome. The mm-hmm. gift is the journey. And when we can all approach life that way, that your gift is that you get to do the journey and how long it is and what's in it and what you learn from it, not what it is at the end of the day. And I think that's exactly what your book's saying. And I think it's about, I remember it because I had a friend who was struggling at the time. And um, I sent it to her and I was like, look, you're supposed to be doing this and you've got to see the joy in some of this. it was powerful, mm-hmm. and I, I'm sure he probably mentioned that book, but like you, I'm not as big a book person either, so we'll let them do it. We'll do it. Y'all can do that. No, oh, but I think, too, like, it's one thing that I'm trying to, like, do better about is, you know, when moments of tightness happen, you know, where you kind of feel that clutch of whatever it is, you know, a co- child trying to apply to colleges or, you know, like, I have my dear friend right now that's that's going through cancer, and... Um, that, that that sense of, you know, trying to have peace in that moment, right? Mm-hmm. Just like, okay, so instead of me trying to fix everything or to just try to have peace in the moment and things unfold as they're supposed to unfold, and um, yeah. I think um, I remember an OBGYN that Mahaley and I both go to said that we all got an extra dose of worry in genetic material. And I, so I think about that. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, because my husband is a very good yin and yang to me. Um, and that I worry and he worries about nothing. So we, we balance each other. <laughs> That's <laughs> Dave, David's the worrier for me, okay, which is well, so nice. I worry yeah. and he, he doesn't. So um, if I tell him what's going on, I know exactly what he's going to say. So I, <laughs> it, I can call y'all if I really want to answer. Because he's like, yeah, let that go. Um, but I, my children have noticed, and I didn't even know I was doing as much as I was, but when I'm thinking about something, I quickly do a cross across my chest. Oh, that's beautiful. And one, I didn't even think that I was really doing it that much, and so one of my children said, Mom, who are you, what's, what's wrong? I'm like, oh, nothing, I was just thinking about somebody. 
And I just started doing it. Oh, and it just keeps that. Going. I'm going to start doing that. that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I didn't and David that. would love that, the Catholic in him. Yeah. You know, you go to the side of the cross. Yeah. I love that. How does it go again? Well, I'm not Catholic, <laughs> but I try to remember every. I'm, I feel like I'm. Challenge and it, because I watch Father Ned do it, but he's opposite me. But I think you go down, down, up, left, left, right, right. No, I don't. I, I think don't it's that. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, that's y'all, y'all have to Google that. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> but it is something that I just, you know, when I'm worried about something, I try very hard to say, and it's a very unnatural thing for me to say, God, here's a worry, I, I need it off my shoulders, I can't carry it. You, yeah, just. Here it is. Well, I think worry is a very real thing, especially in our culture and especially with children now. I think kids worry about things that we never would have thought about worrying about and they're more anxious. And I remember Dr. Kushner, special K at Sloan Kettering, Charlie's doctor, just saying, don't worry about anything until you have to worry about it. So like all this stuff of projecting, oh, what if this could happen? Or, which I can do right now with my kids driving, like Charlie and Belle driving and the teenage stuff, like I, I'm already like, oh my gosh, the car wreck that's going to happen or, you know, just, and, and I think that's really good advice. Like until someone tells you, oh yeah, you should worry about this. And the sad thing about it, or the reality is, is there are going to be things where you actually genuinely have to worry about them. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Like try to just take a breath and be like, okay, I'm going to. That's what John says. He's like, you make a decision to move on. It is so (laughs) hard to do. It's so hard to do. Yeah. And you don't worry about things you can't control. Mom, was it Georgina Ballinger that said the thing about how the moment you let go of something or let God have it and then you immediately pick it right back up. Yeah, I can do that in space. Like, okay, God, I'm, I'm trusting you with Charlie right now. And then, and then two seconds later, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, how are we going to do the essays for getting into college? How are we going to, you know, but it is, it's true. Stuff. It's just having faith, right? You're asking, what do you do spiritually? It's, it, you, it's a test every single day because we're always challenged with things. And it's, if you could just say, okay, God, I got to give this to you today and and trust that he's going to help you figure it out. Plus yeah. a little common sense. Yeah. Okay, so I'm right? just... I mean, I think that especially with COVID... <laughs> she shoots straight. <laughs> I mean, especially with COVID, you have to trust, but you have to temper it with common sense and your education to, to mm-hmm. make the best decisions. Because as adults, the problem is we we have to make decisions. Like, and they're hard decisions. And yes, you can... But then the trust comes in after you make them. To me, the worry comes on the front end, making the decision, and then you got to trust. And I think that... A lot of people just like forego common sense and just do the worry, right? Which makes them make worse mm-hmm. decisions and then they have a problem with their trust down the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that, you know, our generation of children, like stop and think, let's get back to the basics. Like just, let's just all stop, think, and then try, you know, and maybe I'm wrong. Am I wrong? No, I think that's I good. Know. You know, I mean, David and I, like one of our, you know, we're a little gypsy in the sense that we roll by the fly of the seat of our pants. Is that what you say? And I wish we fought more <laughs> like you do. I feel like you do like you're better about like when I had the hazmat suits in January. So. <laughs> <laughs> I was good. She's like revving yeah. us up for no I reason, mean, and then the whole world shows up. That yeah. validation did feel. Uh, I know. I did feel you did. like nobody listened, and here y'all are I without did. face masks, yeah. no toilet paper, and I've had, you know. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> well, you know what? But that's the thing with the text between the six sisters. I really do. I mean, sometimes you send us like alarming things like someone was shot on the street or, you know, some of the news things that you send. Yeah. That like, some oh my electrical gosh, like, nuclear power is going to like blow up the whole city. Of the Russian was, was, was that poisoned. Yeah. You know, those kinds of things. But then majority of the time, Harrison, you really do send us informative information, so don't stop. Well, I don't, right? Because I'm not watching the news. <laughs> I mean, I'm just, you know, passing it along. Yeah, that's good. You need that person. I don't watch the news. I don't read the news. You are my source. You so are our source, Don't yeah. stop sending things. Keep it going, Harry. And I think adequate preparation, if you prepare, just like with, with prayer. I mean, you have to be taught to pray. You have to prepare to pray. You know, you have to have, be ready to have that conversation. Okay, guys, so this is important. How do you soothe yourself in stress? Like, what are what are, what are your moments? Like, everybody knows how mine are. clean. I mean, it's this clean. It is totally clean. Like, clean, me too. Clean house. Clean. I love a Organized. clean kitchen. Organized. It's so dad. Oh, my God. It's so dad. We all love a clean kitchen. Listen, we do love I, I 100% agree with you. Vacuuming. I mean, my kids are like, Mom, you vacuumed the kitchen like five times today. Like, <laughs> it makes me feel better. <laughs> Do you remember oh, when you came, my gosh. you came into my closet? Oh, your, your closet, closet about undid me. That undid me. And I'm not that. even I've an organized person. And she's always been there. Harrison, your closet was But really... I find it soothing to have an area in my life where I don't have to excel. Okay, that's <laughs> wonderful. No, that's <laughs> good. I can, I can just throw it's it organized. in my closet. Nobody can come and tell me how to, you know, I, this is my area. Like, it drives Brennan insane, but... I, I enjoy the fact that it's free to be me in there. <laughs> <laughs> it's free to be me. Okay, well, mine is a cookie and a cup of tea. Oh, that I is good. And, and I love a book. I love to go off and read a book, something. I would say reading, you know, like an afternoon on my sofa, or going to yoga class. Or having oh, yoga classes. Netflix in the bed. It used to be yoga. But I don't get it. You go in for 20 minutes and yes, I'd make them sanitize the whole thing, but then just 20 minutes and they'd give me a neck massage and I cannot find that natural. Now, nice what do you one. do to soothe yourself? At night, I take a bath. I like, yeah. I love Epsom salt. Yeah, you, you do, do that. that too. That's been a, that's a life trend. Yeah, course. after the kids get a bed, that's <laughs> my thing. Yeah. But like, when the kids are awake, what I started doing during COVID, and I probably told all of y'all this, I've fallen in love with Roald Dahl. Yeah, what is that? See, I've said it. He's a children's author, and he wrote Charlie and Chocolate Factory and, and Matilda. And so you get the Mad Factory. Yeah, and James. Yeah, James. Mr. Mrs. Dorwitz. Yeah. So are you reading these in the bath? Is that by yourself? No, no, no. no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm by myself in the bath. I don't want any noise. Yeah. I like peace and quiet. But I have found such joy and peace in reading those books to my children, and I think it's because they are the most. It's, I think it's mom and me. She loves children's books, and I do too. And they are magical, and it's a, it's not reality. You know, unfortunately, it's not reality. But the kids love them. They're funny. It's like you it, slip away. You slip away. And for mm-hmm. me, I don't like Mahaley. I get in the bed, and I probably fall asleep um, on page one or on minute one of my prayer. Uh, I'm so tired. But I, um, 
before the kids go to bed, I started during COVID reading, and I've read mm -hmm. lots of them to them. Uh, I bought a whole book set of them, and I oh still gosh, read them. I haven't. You're such a good <laughs> but, mom. Uh, um, they, you know, it just takes you back to, like, just simple and fun. So, yeah, I like it. Okay, so what are we all reading right now? <laughs> I like to have, like, two You know, books I can't remember going. titles or authors, but yeah, I'm going to try. Yeah. I like to read two books. You and I both just finished Pachinko. Yeah, we love Pachinko. Don't tell me it. anything because I'm in the middle of it right now. So oh, David's reading Pachinko right it's now, too. It's so good. It is it's a, a great, great story. <laughs> what the storyline is and I know. Just the it's a tough storyline, but it really it's is. like the, you fall in love with the characters. Mm -hmm. And then, obviously, we all read Dutch House. Yeah. Yes. That was a beautiful sibling, what we're all talking about, mm -hmm. this love and just always there for each other. And then I'm I'm reading Jessica Simpson's um, biography, and it yeah. is wonderful because she's so honest and funny and funny. And you know what? She's willing to just call herself out on, you know, she's not perfect. She's had ups and downs. And um, I like reading books that, you know, you really get to know the character, mm -hmm. whether it's fiction or nonfiction. And you just sit there and you feel like she's right here talking to you. Well, I just finished the, I told you this one, The Color of Air. Did you ever get it? Yeah, I've got it. I'm reading it too. Oh, what do you think? I love it. The characters. See, that's what it is about these. This is why we read. It's the characters. <laughs> we fall in love with these characters and you can't, they don't leave you. You know, the, are you reading anything? Um, well, I, um, I have just recently reread Keith Richards' autobiography. Oh, how was it? Oh, I love it. I, I have this. Uh, it's camera friendly, but I I just have this weird fascination with him. Keith I Richard. love him. I just love his life story. I think he's such a creative, and I don't know, like a little walk on the wild side. But he's also a good father. And it's good. It's a good. It's good fun. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else? Yeah, I really love the Nightingale. I love the Nightingale. Oh my gosh! And Elle had me, to read that for her. And it led me down this rabbit mm -hmm. hole of researching World War II, mm -hmm. and um, and it's set in France. And the investment banks on the American side that were funding uh, the the German side. So, which was such an interesting rabbit hole to go down. Which you know, I just oh. I love when books make you go further than just the page. Okay, so if you're into this right now, I just finished a book in June. And I cannot remember the title, but I will I will tell you what the title is. But basically, and it's the true story of Americans um, bringing all the artists in Europe, namely who were Jewish, mm -hmm. um, out of out of Europe into America. So like Marc Chagall and oh, wow, all these things, cool. he would love, I love it. That. It's such a beautiful story. But there was story. a World War II big kind of book log last year. Mm -hmm. lots there's of, lots, lots of that of stuff. So like, we still love tired. them though. You love them too. I love historical. Um, I mean, I do. It's so yes. good. It's so good. Okay, so let's talk about all things health, youth, staying youthful, <laughs> feeling, you know, as healthy as we can feel because mm -hmm. we want to live a long time so we can raise all these kids that we have mm -hmm. to raise, which because I have a four-year-old, I'm going to have to be like 90. I got to make it to 90. Mm -hmm. um, so what are some things that y'all do <laughs> that you think, you know, increase your health? Exercise or at least make you feel good. You just said you don't exercise. Yeah. Exercise causes wrinkles, oh my lord. Exercise is the fountain of youth. Exercise is the fountain of youth. It's the secret of my sanity. 
Uh-huh. I don't yes. do anything consistently. Is what I'm just. I'll go well, and. Do you I, take any like supplements or like Mary Carl does her green I don't know. Well, yeah, MC, you just that. take it. Go, MC. Yeah, tell us. I mean, tell us. They all think I'm the Bally most. I'm the most neurotic one about my supplements and my wellness because I'm fascinated by it. So I, um, I do everything, and I pretty much y'all know I'm OCD. So I do it to you know religiously. The number one thing I do that I think everybody should do is the hot lemon water first thing when you wake up. It makes your hey, I don't do that. Funny. It, it just also, it detoxifies. Well, then do it with a straw. We we mom and I have had this conversation, but it it just detoxifies everything from when you slept. And think about when so you're sleeping, your whole body is trying to get all the toxins. They're bringing them to different lymphatic system areas in your body, and you just get the lemon water, and it flushes it all out. I'm a huge proponent of that. I might start trying. I'm going to try that too. I did it at morning. I want you to line six glasses yeah. up and we'll all do a little hot Well, she did the celery juice forever. So I, I swear by the celery juice. I have not with COVID kept that up. But I did, you know, as um, I... You can borrow my juicer because I got a juicer because you told me that's what I should be doing right so now. So if, was- if, if people, you know, you can look them up. It's medical medium. Mm-hmm. So you can do your own due I follow diligence. Him, you can do your own due diligence on him and you can see all the stories of what celery juice does. I swear I got pregnant by it. So I, I'm a huge fan of celery juice. Um, I did it for six straight months okay. every single morning. And so I cut out coffee and that the celery juice was my coffee. Oh, I can't How do you make it sweet? Let me tell you something. Never. The celery oh, juice, just... if you do it religiously, you it's like I can't even describe the natural euphoric high that you get, and it stays with you all day. Okay, so anything else, guys, besides, like, like you take vitamin D. I know you take vitamin D, and I know you You should take vitamin C oil. Is it the vitamin C oil that you recommended for for your face? Yeah, they're all about that when you go to the dermatologist. I swear, it feels so good. I swear about vitamin C. Silver generation ubiquinol. Oh, which I take ubiquinol because you told me to yeah. take ubiquinol. Which is the I also rate. take um is that a, is that a vitamin? So you told me to take my, I, I take my thing from MC. So I I take ubiquinol now and I take vitamin D because vitamin D is the one thing that if you are suffering from depression or if you have any autoimmune, most of those people have low vitamin D. So you right. should really bump it up. Vitamin D is so, and you should your kids should be on vitamin D. That's okay, so now we're gonna go into like favorite TV show. Game of Thrones, Yellowstone, Yellowstone, Yellowstone <laughs> for sure. Heartland on Netflix. The famous. I'm telling y'all, Lasso right now is pretty funny. What, what is it? It's it's this American that goes to England and he he is the coach for the soccer team, like one of the big soccer teams, and he's just really funny. It's like Mr. Rogers meets French humor. I don't know what it's on. Maybe Apple. I don't know. We love Bear Girls. We love Succession. Oh, I love Bear Girls. What is the one you told me about that talks about Lords? Oh, Down to Earth. Down is, to Earth. Um, it's an, it's Zac oh, Efron. Exactly. A documentary. It's a Zac documentary Efron. series on Netflix. And is it's that where he got sick and had to be like He and his health guru come in and they basically pick different parts of the world that are doing healthy, um, sustainable ways of living. 
and one of them they focus on France and water and how important water is to earth and to our bodies, obviously, which I drink three liters, of, speaking of the wellness, I drink almost three liters of water a day, and I think that's like really important. And see, water, I think water, I'm about to do a soulful seven with just you. Yeah. And we're yeah, all going to do help. Like, I think she could yeah. change our life. I'm going to need a slideshow. But Zach Efron, slideshow of all of his yes. things. Okay. We can talk about the power of water and they go to France, which is to you. Lourdes, which I want you all to go to Lourdes with me. You should send us a really want to go. I really want to go. I really want to go. I've only been to France one night in Paris and then 9-11 happens. And I had to, yeah. We should do that. Everybody knows that, like, soul soother my joy is cooking and you know I, I read cookbooks and I love cookbooks but I don't cook from cookbooks I just whip out whatever mm -hmm. um so of all of y'all some of you like to cook and some of you don't Belle is a beautiful cook Ramsey you like to cook Ramsey's wait Belle's a beautiful cook and then Ramsey do you like to cook <laughs> I'm you make those cook. enchiladas that are so good enchiladas yeah <laughs> <laughs> everybody should have Ramsey's enchiladas maybe I'll post it I'm happy to post it it's something okay. I created and it's actually a healthier version it's yummy um anyone that's in the hospital or sick or I just feel like bringing something nice to you I bring you enchiladas I brought you some yeah you did when I had Mary Carlisle mom not me. Belle cooks like Anna Gardner. Yeah. You cook from her cookbooks. They're, they're like meticulous like about ingredients and following the recipe. And so I'm a, I, thanks to Farrell, John and I moved to New York and I was like, what am I going to do? I tried to find a job. I was struggling with what to do and find a job. And um, Farrell's like, why don't you go to cooking school? And so I said, see, I wanted to do that. Yeah. You're, you're living by carousel. Yeah. So I you. went to um, the French Culinary Institute and I, I do love cooking. And I remember when I was a senior in college, I called my dad and I said, I'm going to cooking school. And he said, you're going to law school. <laughs> okay. And that was about the time Rachel Ray came out with her 30 minute meals. And four children later, I would say Ina Garden is fabulous, but there are not many days that I can do that full, do that full yeah. heartedly. But I do love to cook. So, Belle, what would be like on a Tuesday night when you're just cooking for your family? What would you cook? Um, I don't know. Like last night, I cooked salmon, which is really nothing too special. And I was it like a savory salmon or a sweet salmon? No, I don't like sweet salmon. Well, my I'm telling you, my Jackson Hole recipe for salmon will knock your socks off oh, and your kids. Yeah. I um I love to roast vegetables and I love to switch up what I roast together and what it does just flavor wise. So I did a bunch of roasted vegetables. Um, I also like mom, I do, I learned this from mom and I, I eat a garden too. She'll be like, well, this is a great jar of spaghetti sauce and I'm not afraid to test them out and I can give you brands that are fabulous and no one will know you didn't make it. Give me one. Um, Raul's. I do not, I like Raul's, but it's not my favorite. Okay, what's, what's your favorite? favorite? I love one called Bella. Maybe yeah, yeah I do. Oh, oh, I yeah. Oh, I no, you just you got your sauce knows. up in the yeah. jar. And I'm also, all about that. Um, I love um, Dave's. There's one called Dave something. Oh, it's really it's a white label. It's great. Sorry. Anyway, it's like um, bubble gum. Oh, bubble gum. I'm kidding. Sorry. Also like savory shrimp. I cook one that I think everyone should have is the Define Dish. I love it. 
30 minute meals. They are healthy. You can do whole 30. They can be dairy free, gluten free. I mean, it, it can be either way you want it to go, but it, nothing takes more than 30 I minutes. I think they're enchiladas. Divine dish. Okay. Well, you really, yeah. can, so you really can call a delivery service and order takeout. Okay, yeah. so and that's see, really that, was that. You, that is like what that you're missing. That was me in New York, and I will have to say. What was the phone number you said? 212 988 7900 Serafina. And we had pizza and pasta, and my kids still talk about it. Why don't you get my phone on dial and I'll make you feel it? I'll make you feel it. But you don't have that brick oven, do you? Oh my god, it's brick oven pizza. It's so yummy. So we yummy. just want your muffins. We want endless muffins dropping Yeah, your house. muffins are good in C. But I, I can make muffins now. And I will say with COVID, I mean, I think my husband and my kids would start to say that mm-hmm. I'm becoming more of a... But you love food. Under, I love food. Yeah. So I'm actually finding some joy and peace in cooking. How do y'all feed your kids? So I have three growing big boys. They want meat, meat, meat. But you're not a big meat person. So how do you, how do you fill up your kids? Well, well, I mean, I do, I do now. I mean, for a long time after Charlie's cancer, we didn't do meat. Um, and then I couldn't give blood to Charlie because I'd lived in London and Mac cow's disease. But I have to say, I mean, my family, we, we love grass-fed lamb and we love grass-fed beef. So okay. I would say once a week, once every two weeks, we're having steak or ground beef in some fashion or form or lamb chops. Um, and we do salmon probably once a week. I roast a chicken once a week. I mean, mine, I feel like my stuff is kind of probably stale. I mean, I do pesto. I mean, my kids are like, oh my gosh, we're having pesto again, but I love pesto. Yeah, and it's the way cheat, I sneak you get the my vegan spinach. one from Whole Foods and you just put it in your pasta and then yeah, I, order the meatballs for a meal and then that's your meal. Like, <laughs> done. Okay, guys, so I hear the boys coming back. So we're going to end, which first I just want to say immense gratitude y'all doing this because I know y'all are all kind of like oh my gosh what's Farrell making us do or dragging us into so I so appreciate it because I think everybody's going to see what incredible people y'all are and um interestingly no one asked me if I could cook I am a very good cook. <laughs> <laughs> you are you like you're the one that was baking bread, bread and yeah, you were doing baguettes during I came the first baguettes. out of the gates you should have looked Come at me <laughs> sorry guys I mean, sorry. French bread yeah, you did veal bacata. But just what? like books, reading, vitamins, juices, all that. Like I go in spurts. I just want to like do two weeks of this, no, and this then I'll do two cute. weeks of that. Yeah. Like that's what keeps me kind yeah, of happy. That's good. Yeah. If that's I don't want to cook for six months, yeah, you know, I don't want to cook into for six months. <laughs> <laughs> take out. Yeah, yeah, take out city, baby. I've eaten bar taco like ten times out of my twelve nights in my rental house. I love bar taco. I love bar taco too. Okay, so we're going to conclude with, you know, my thing is all about hope and giving people hope and living in hope and trying to hold on to hope, especially during struggles. And so if you had to give your definition of what hope is, what would it be? Believing in the greater good, that God, again, like I said earlier, just that believing that God does have a plan and, and all things are working for the, for good. I love you see hope in your children. Yeah. I think that they don't, thank goodness, if my children, I can say, don't know a whole lot of struggle, and I hope they don't. Um, I mean, I want them to be able to <laughs> deal with struggle, but I think looking in their eyes and their magic in their eyes and the mind looking for things that they're passionate in and believing that they can gives things he is going to 
save the ocean. He's constantly thinking about how he's going to get all the trash out of the ocean because he's worried they're not going to be fish. And he's hopeful that he's going to be able to do it. They and they do believe it. they can yeah. do it. And, you know, he thinks he's going to be a, to, um, an Olympic swimmer. And, you know, and I don't know. Lucille thinks she's going to be an Olympic rap. They, they believe they can do it. They have so mm-hmm. much hope that they can pursue things, All things are possible. All things are possible. Which is what God says. All things are possible. And I think that that is hope. I think mm-hmm. love is hope. I think mm-hmm. that um, Mother Nature is hope. Right? Mother Nature, we watched winter and we all go dormant and then all of a sudden spring happens and okay, that's hope. Mm -hmm. And then we go through the summer and it's kind of a time to enjoy what the spring created and then the fall prepares us for what we're about to go back and into. You should write a sermon right now. Um, But I think that, you know, the seasons, Mother Nature is Mm -hmm. all about hope and love. That's true. Mine is having an exchange, a walk with a friend, a stranger but just something that moved me, right? That just spiritually, they just, we, we had a connection or just a really good connection with someone gives me hope. You Why have hope, you Haley? At me? <laughs> I know, she's looking at me too. No, I think Bell summed it up. I mm-hmm. mean, I would say love is, um, is everything. Mm-hmm. Feeling love, giving love, seeing love um, is probably to me the most important. I think having faith, I think every morning you wake up, it's another day of hope. Another, yeah, that you another, another gift day. you're I'm given and there's hope in it. Yeah, the sun will come out tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You said that yeah, Dad always put that in every letter yeah. before a tennis match. You yes. know, you know me, I used to get so worked up and so nervous, but Dad, every single the bottom line, he would he it basically he'd write me a prayer. And then the bottom line, every single time, the sun will come up tomorrow. Or it was the sun doesn't shine on every dog's behind every day. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, but we're going to end today on the sun will come up tomorrow. So thank you and thank all of y'all. Thank you, Farrell. Thank you, Farrell. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, y'all. That was great.